give you my truth and my experiences in life. It's a fact that if you're African American or you know of a dark pigmentation, whether you're you know a dark skinned Cuban, dark skinned Puerto Rican, dark skinned Mexican, dark skinned Honduran, dark skinned El Salvadorian, so on and so forth. If you have a darker pigmentation, it's a fact that in Los Angeles, you're going to be put on a back burner. You're going to be put last to receive any type of assistance, resources, or services, especially in regards to homelessness. It's a fact that the demographics of Los Angeles had changed. So it's no longer predominantly African-American, but it's predominantly Hispanic. And when you go into these organizations and these agencies and you're asking for assistance or you're asking for resources, they make it a point to make sure that their people get the resources first, get the services first. So not only are you homeless, but you're homeless, you're broke, and you've been discriminated against because you're of a darker pigmentation. You've been discriminated against because you're black. So that only adds to the pain, the suffering, the depression, the trauma of being homeless. And my thing is this, right? How is it that Mayor Ergar said he spends $100 million a year to combat, combat and reduce the homeless population. But out of that $100 million, the Los Angeles Police Department is receiving $80 million of that $100 million. Then the other $20 million get divided up to organizations and agencies that claim to be helping homeless peoples. But they're ineffective. How are we spending so much money to combat and reduce the homeless population, but each year we get more and more people becoming homeless? Like, it, it makes no sense to me. When have you ever known a Los Angeles police, to, a Los Angeles police officer to be effective in reducing or helping a person transition from being homeless to um, having adequate and stable housing? Let me tell you what I have experienced. I have, I have experienced the Los Angeles Police Department as well as the, the Sanitation Department coming to these homeless um, encampments, coming to homeless peoples who may be sleeping in the alley because they don't want to be an eyesore for the community. So therefore, they become like social hermits. And, 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 and they remove themselves from the eye of the public, sleeping in alleys and in 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 old warehouses or run down buildings. The Los Angeles Police Department and Sanitation Department comes. The Los Angeles Police Department officers. They're very discourteous when they address you. They address you as if you're some type of untamed rabbit beast. They tell you to get out of there. They talk to you like. Like you're like you're nothing. Once they get you from these these places where the homeless peoples inhabit, the sanitation department comes in, and they take what little clothing, what little food, 
medication, documentations that these peoples may have. They take all of their possessions without giving them an opportunity to take their possessions and they discard them. They throw them all away. So the LAPD is coming in like Nazi stormtroopers, clearing out these homeless encampments as the sanitation department comes and destroy all their property. And I have witnessed this on numerous occasions. I have footage. I have footage of the Los Angeles Police Department and the sanitation department coming and doing exactly what I'm telling you that they do. How is that assisting or helping the homeless population by criminalizing them, by targeting them, tormenting them? So I have witnessed Los Angeles Police Department tell homeless people that um, you can go to this homeless shelter and you can get a bed there. On numerous occasions, I have accompanied some of these people to some of these homeless shelters. One man was told that the homeless shelter that we had went to was at capacity. And there wasn't anything that they can do to him, for him. It wasn't any referrals that they can give him. It wasn't any type of assistance that they can give him. It was just, we're at capacity. We're full. It's nothing that we can do for you. Another man was told he had to be put on a four-week waiting list. And then a, a woman that I had took there, it took them forever to see her. So I had to get home to my kids and, 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 and doing the things that I do, you know, to make ends meet. And um, I had seen her back in the streets four days later. And I asked her what happened. She told me that she stayed there three days before they told her that they couldn't help her. So Mayor Eric Garcetti, where's all this money going to? All this money that's been allocated to assist homeless people, where is it going to? <clears throat> There's an agency, organization in, in, in West Los Angeles called the WLCAC. And these peoples, they have peoples on that caseload that's been there for three years without receiving any type of services or assistance. You got peoples on their waiting list. That hasn't, that hasn't even received a case manager. And it's 18 months. And you haven't received a case manager. No one's giving you any information. No one's giving you any assistance. You go in there and they treat you like you're nothing. They talk to you like you're trash. Oh, there's nothing that we can do for you. You don't have a case manager, so um, I advise you to just go wherever you are or go back to where you come from and wait on us to call you or email you. <clears throat> A lot of these people don't even have a source of communication. A lot of, a lot of people who are homeless don't have a cell phone, don't have an email. So it's like, what are we doing? Are we just pissing away taxpayers' money? Or, 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 or are we making, or, 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 or are we um, pretty much just doing all this shit for media coverage to make it seem like we're doing something. I have been homeless. That's why I'm so passionate about this issue. I was a homeless teenager that lived in construction sites. I was a homeless teenager that slept in cars. I was a homeless teenager that slept in vacant homes. 
So when I talk about people who are homeless, I'm talking about my people. People that I didn't slept next to. People that I didn't experience these hardships with. I'm talking about people from my community. People's aunties, uncles, fathers, nieces, brothers. I'm talking about family. And what's being done to make sure that our families can have a, a, a suitable life. What are we doing to improve the conditions of living for American citizens who are living through the conditions of third world nations? People's eating out of garbage cans. People's going days without eating. People who have mental illnesses been overlooked, forgot about, neglected. What are we doing? Measure HHH has allocated about a billion dollars to the issue of homelessness. What's going on in regards to that? So when the government and these, these corporations and these industries aren't able to benefit monetarily, they become disinterested in whatever the issue is. If they can't get you know, positive press, or if they can't get money from it, then they're disinterested in it. They don't care about it. We'll get to it when we get to it. But we're talking about people's lives. Out of this 58 or 54,000 homeless people in Los Angeles County, over 10,000 are homeless seniors, homeless children, homeless veterans, that's sleeping in cars, that's sleeping on the freeways, that's sleeping in boxes, that's sleeping in tents, etc. Don't we owe more to American citizens? Us as a people, what are we doing? I know how I feel to walk the streets all night because you have nowhere to go. I know how I feel to be sleeping in the cold. I know how I feel to try to, 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 to try to find shelter from the rain. I know how I feel going to the emergency room just to get some sleep. I know how I feel to sleep on a train. I know how I feel to sleep in train stations. And it's not a great feeling. We're putting people's who have no knowledge in positions to render assistance to people that they can't relate to. Experience is the best teacher. So let's begin to put people in these positions who are qualified, who knows how to effectively assist people who are homeless. Because this is, this, this is going on too, it's, it's, no, it's going on too long. And then it's, it's, it's like you guys are spending all this money, giving all this money to these organizations and these agencies when they're not doing anything. So what are we doing? Are we getting all of this money so that we can make the transition from being, you know, um, having, having housing 
Or are we getting this money to make the transition from being with housing to homeless easier? Because you guys are putting more money in these agencies that's failing people's. But they 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 brag and they and they boast that we're doing this and we're doing that. But yet when you go to downtown Los Angeles, you see thousands of people living in tents. You see thousands of people roaming the street aimlessly. But yet we have all these agencies that's receiving all this funding. What are you doing with the funding? So we're just making the transition easier from having housing to being homeless. So we're going to invest in this homeless shelter. We're going to invest in this homeless agency. So that when you become homeless from having housing, we can teach you how to adjust to it. Not how to recover from it. But we're going to teach you how to exist in it. Like, come on. You people are increasing the cost of living, but yet maintaining Low wages. And I'm, I mean, and I'm talking about it's working people who are unable to afford adequate housing. There's single mothers out there working two jobs who are still struggling because the rent is too high. They just can't do it. And then let's also talk about gentrification. Which is the reason why I believe we're getting so many homeless peoples. Like when they gentrify Brooklyn. And people who have been staying in their apartments and their homes for decades, generations. Had to face the sad reality that you're going to be homeless. Because we are introducing gentrification into Brooklyn. And, and gentrification is going on everywhere there's predominantly minorities. These cities where there's mostly Hispanics or mostly blacks, they're being gentrified. Prime example, Brooklyn, Inglewood, Atlanta, Detroit. Amongst other cities in this nation that's been gentrified. And they're driving peoples out of their communities. They're driving peoples out of their communities into being homeless. And it's like, how isn't the government aware of this? The government is very much aware of this. But the government don't give two fucks. If the government can't benefit from putting an end to homelessness. As long as the problem exists, as long as the problem lingers, you can make money from it. It's been many times that I have been on a flight, flying across the country. And, 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 and you're flying, you see all this open land. All this open land. Why aren't we developing some of this land and housing people who are homeless? Measure HHH has allocated $1 billion to reduce and combat the homeless population. How about we take a portion of that $1 billion and go 
in, in, into the high desert, which is um, Antelope Valley in San Bernardino County, and began to develop some of that land and put housing, put apartments so that people can have a place to call their own. It's hard to focus on going to school. It's hard to focus on seeking or maintaining employment when you're homeless, when you have no place to go. Home is your sanctuary. Home is a place that you go to to decompress from the world. When you're going through and dealing with the hustle and bustle of society, when, you're going, when you go home, you're supposed to have a place that's your sanctuary to where you can get some type of rest and relaxation. So that you can be powered up. So that you can recuperate to go back out there in that doggy dog world and compete. Or to earn a living. Or, or, or just to earn a living. But a lot of people don't have that luxury of or that right or, or, or that opportunity to be able to get any type of relax and re relaxation from the hustle and bustle and, and, and the flow of society. So that's why you have people dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, depression, chronic stress. So what do we have to do to make sure that we, as a community, we as a city, we as a people, can create an effective solution? What must we do? I mean, we've been talking since we were being blue in the face. And I have been to several seminars when I was serving on the Watts Neighborhood Council to where people were saying, oh, we're going to do this. And Measure H is coming through and we're going to do this. We have money here. We have sur a, a, a surplus of money here. And we're going to bring this here. And we're going to take this old military barracks. And we're going to make it to where people can go there and live and stay. And, but none of that has been done. One of the seminars that I attended in downtown Los Angeles, the woman who was hosting the seminar, I saw her on a ride along in Watts, California, watching as the Los Angeles Police Department cleared out an encampment, took six people to jail because they're trying to tell him, my paperwork is there. The little possessions that I do have is there. And I'm not just going to sit here and just let you throw away my possessions. Okay, you want me to leave? I will leave. But allow me to get my medication. Allow me to get my documentation. Allow me to get my pictures. Allow me to get the very little clothing that I may have or the very little food that I do have. Allow me to just get my stuff. Police took them to jail because they wouldn't leave. So it's clear that we have a problem that needs to be addressed. And I feel that the government and these agencies need to put peoples who have the know-with-how in positions to where we can start assisting homeless peoples and getting homeless people into permanent housing. But if you don't know what you're fighting up against and you don't know what tools are essential in fighting this fight, then why not allow those that do know into these positions so that we can get the desired results that we need, which is people in permanent housing.
So, that's the end of my podcast. I pray that my words have touched you. I pray that my words will inspire you to go out and be of some assistance to those who you see in your community that may be without housing. But for me, this this is personal. Because as, as I believe I have stated before, as a teenager, I was homeless. Even as a newborn, you know, um, the nine months that my mother was carrying me, she was consuming large quantities of crack cocaine. So when I was born, I had noticeable traces of crack cocaine in my system. So they were going to put me into the custody of DCFS, but my father refused to risk me going into DCFS. So my father abducted me from the hospital. So the first six months of my life, <clears throat> excuse me, my father and I, we were homeless. We slept at the park. We slept in cars, vacant houses, anywhere where we can seek refuge from the cold. Anywhere where we can get shelter, that's where we slept. So this is something that I'm passionate about because I, too, was homeless. In, in California, every family is one check away from being homeless. So I pray that we can get some assistance in helping those who are really in need of help. So I'm going to end this, I'm going to end this podcast, and I wish you guys peace, love, light, and balance. Productive journey. Sincerely yours, Bobby A.A. Jones. Stay tuned, and I'll talk to you next time.